Hi. Hello. Hey. How you doing? A little bit stressed, Kim. A little bit stressed. Why? Uh, welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals, but only two of us are here. <laughs> and best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula and a birth assistant for not a hospital practice. And Meredith, the midwife extraordinaire, is not here again. So we are recording as a twosome instead of a threesome. Well, that's always better. To record as a twosome and not a threesome? No, I was just saying twosomes and not threesomes. They're mm. probably more healthy. Threesomes can get more complicated. That's what I was thinking. You know, like, Unless it's a podcast with Meredith. No, even then, it, it's still more complicated. The sound is more complicated. Some people don't know when to talk loud or soft. Some of us don't know when to stop talking at all. That's me, right? Is that me? I was making fun of all of us, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have a podcast, because we don't stop talking. We don't. I like that you're wearing your fanny pack with our face on it. I'm wearing my our fanny pack and also uh, my schlut jeans. <laughs> They're looking schlutty. Looking pretty schlutty right now. So today, it was suggested to us that we tell our birth stories, and I thought that'd be a great idea, since Meredith hasn't had any babies yet, so it's not like she'll be sitting here left out with nothing to say. Yes, and... Um, We've already told parts of our birth stories, but never really in depth. Also, I didn't prepare for it, so I'm actually going to have to just start talking and hope I We're remember. Just gonna, I mean, we haven't prepared for anything. Um, before, that was just like, it's been it's been really crazy this past couple weeks. Meredith is still gone um, in Southern we Virginia. We miss her so much. We miss her a lot. We thought we'd see her today, but uh, the universe decided she would not be leaving anytime soon. The universe does that. Um, so we're not sure yet when she will be back, um, but me and Kim are here um, picking up the slack over at Linden Tree. Kim is ha- on call for so many moms, a premiere. <laughs> not that there's slack at Linden Tree. No, no. There's no slack. No slack. That's not what we meant, Meredith. That's Stop not. crying. Um, <laughs> we just meant that, you know, doing all the doing Picking all the things. Picking up the pieces. There's a disco song to yeah. that. Not getting any off call time. That's okay. I might get some off-call time at the end of August, and I'm really excited about it. I'm d- absolutely leaving. I want to turn off my phone, go out in the woods, and just get drunk. Yes, and prance around. I want to get naked. And me, yes, let's do it. We'll swim naked. I, I keep looking up Naked Spa, but it's still closed. I know. It's and I want to remake that picture of the naked women prancing. We're going to do that soon. Very We are going to do that. Um, so, I mean, we haven't talked about our friendship in a long time, but I met, what were you going to say? What friendship? <laughs> we're not friends. <laughs> we hate each other. We don't like each other at all. It's terrible. Um, I consider you more my life partner than my friend. Yes. That's what I call you at work. <laughs> I call you my life partner. Yeah. Um, but I met Kim and she had two children at the time. I did. Chris was like, what? seven and Oscar was like 18 months old no that has to be wrong because Chris and Oz are 10 years apart so Chris was 10 or 11 and Oz was okay one-ish. Yeah. it was a long time ago yeah. so it's hard to remember um 
So I think that you should start with your birth story with Chris because it's so different from your other birth stories. Okay. All of these are going to be very brief summaries, just so you know. Well, but we can like interject in things that we think are important. Yes. So I wasn't at her first two births, but I'll ask uh, I'll ask intriguing questions somewhere along okay. the way. So I had a hospital birth with Chris. And I will tell you, it aside from like when when I first start telling it, you'll be like, "What?" So I didn't understand the medical side of things that were happening, but my experience was awesome. Like it was mm-hmm. so amazing. It was at Winchester Medical Center. My mom was a nurse on the labor and delivery floor in Winchester at the time. It was before she was uh, CNM. I think I want to interject and just remind people that at this time you were 16. Oh, yeah. I was 16. So you're very young. Sometimes young moms kind of fall through the cracks in the care department. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I didn't know enough to actually care about it. So I just went to my regular appointments. Um, every, my teachers weren't super supportive. I want my English teacher at the time I was in honors classes. Some of some, some of my classes were honors and she, um, failed me. She didn't send any of my work home. And when I asked why I had an F on my report card, which I'm not an, an all A student, but by any means. And she said, well, you got pregnant at 16. So I just didn't think you cared. So I went ahead and failed you. And if you want to pass, you'll have to take the class over again. And nobody did anything about it. Wow. So she gave you an F yes. because you got F'd. Yes, that's exactly what happened. So um, my mom was a nurse at labor and delivery. I don't know if she was on schedule to work the night I went into labor, but I was actually induced. So being Why were you induced? Do you even remember? Yeah. So, you know, it was that whole thing that around 36 weeks, they start checking your cervix and... And I was getting ultrasounds every week because I was high risk because I was only 16, which I will tell you, young moms kick ass. I'm not going, don't go out and get pregnant if you're young and listening, but Mm -hmm. we're just meant to have babies at a young age, I think. So it's like, it was amazing. I, my pregnancy was awesome. I had no issues, um, besides recurrent yeast infection. So that's fun. That's, that's a whole episode in and of itself. (laughs) We are going to do an episode about vaginal health, which sounds fun. I'll tell that story because it's, you won't even believe it. (laughs) We have vaginas. So I went in for one of my gazillion routine ultrasounds and they said that I had no fluid left and that he was in grave danger. (laughs) That old. Yep. And that I needed to be induced right now. How many weeks were you? Um, 38 Oh my gosh. 37 and something or 38. I think I was right in my 38th week. So I just want to say that from my experience, the two things that are misdiagnosed the most via ultrasound, via ultrasound, are fetal weight and fluid levels. And they are also the two things that drive me crazy when they are given as reasons for medical yes. inductions, when they yep. are the only indicator of anything being wrong. Right. It, yes, exactly. There's, it should be like uh, three things, not one thing. But yeah. that's, that's just me. I don't know how many lie. births I've gone to where they get induced because of low fluid and they scare the mom. And then the mom's water breaks and they're like, oh, I guess that ultrasound was wrong. Well, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. I called it. Called it. Yes. So they actually broke my water. So I went in on a Monday Mm -hmm. and it was the weirdest thing. My best friend, Lori, Lori, Lori Miller, now Lori Neff. Hey, Lori. um, She, her, um, we are a week apart and our, 
what are they called? Our um, horoscope said that our life was about to drastically change on November 15th. And I was like, oh, it's too bad it's not because he wasn't due until like the 30th or November or something. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, December or something. So um, we went in on Monday on the 13th, whatever day that was. I think it was a Monday. And they induced me all day. They hooked me up to um, Pitt. And I was on the monitor, and they're like, don't you feel that? I'm like, no, I don't feel anything. It doesn't hurt at all. So they did 12 hours of induction. Mm-hmm. During that 12 hours, people were coming in and out. They were eating. I was starving. No oh, one cared. That's right. They wouldn't <laughs> let you eat. No. I couldn't have anything to eat. And I now I'm lucky. My parents were there. Dan's parents were there. Dan was there. Like, he came home from school. You're having, like, a birth party. Yeah. So Dan, is, Dan was her baby daddy, is her baby daddy. Actually, I don't think Dan was there. I don't think he could. I think he had a final or something. So <laughs> that day he couldn't be there. Um, but then the day that I actually had him, he was, I don't remember. Anyway, it didn't work. So they checked me at the end of the day and they were like, well, it didn't work. I guess go home. Like that would never happen now. Hmm. So they sent me home, like come back in two days and we'll try this again. Yeah. Um, so I did. I went home and ate chicken nuggets from McDonald's because that's Why not? what I did. And then on that Wednesday, on November 15th, yeah, they started early in the morning, 7 in the morning, all day long. I was being induced and nothing was working. I just wasn't in labor. So at 5 o'clock, the doctor came in and said, I'm breaking your water and we're, gonna, we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. And I said, okay. So they broke my water and he was born exactly 3 hours and 20 minutes later. Did they do pit too or just break your water? I was getting pit all day. Okay. I had had Pitocin pumped into me all day long. I didn't feel a thing. They said I was contracting. The, the monitor said I was contracting, but I didn't feel anything. I have heard very often that Pitocin doesn't work very well with intact wall with intact no, membranes. and not if you're 38 weeks yeah. you're a primate i've never so it was just awesome it's like she broke my water and immediately i was in labor there mm-hmm. was like no and i just remember like so it was a fast labor then for so fast for your first I baby went, being 16 yeah and i don't remember if i was dilated obviously i was dilated somewhat if they were able to break my water yeah but by the way they broke my water and a shit ton of water came out yeah and the doctor's like well i guess uh you did have fluid in there after all i guess the baby was actually fine and this wasn't necessary i guess we didn't need to induce you anyway but they did. So the contraction started and immediately and an hour into it. And I was doing just fine. I was up on yeah. my hands and knees. Like my mom was in there. She was there to take care of me as an L&D nurse. Um, and I was like leaning over the back of the bed. I was breathing through it. And I was just in the zone. And then someone came in and said, do you want an epidural? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm fine. I want a natural childbirth. And the anesthesiologist walked in and said, for you, I will not come back for. So you take it now or I'm going home and you're on your own. Why? Because I was 16 and no one gave a shit. No oh one corrected God. him. All the people in that room. You would think my dad, of all people, would have just punched him in the face. No, we just like get all submissive and like be like, okay. Well, I just got all like freaked out because yeah. I thought, oh my God, what, what if, if it, I can't do it? What if it gets it? worse and then I can't get an epidural? Yes. So I got the epidural. It's the only time I cried mm-hmm. is when they went to give me the epidural because I guess Dan 
Finn, I don't remember. It's like I wanted him there when Chris was born. Yeah. And I think, and if he li- he's not going to listen to this, but I'm sure he could tell me. I think he had a final that day as well. Okay. And then he was coming home. Yeah. So in his mind, he was just going to come home to a baby. But at the time they were giving me the epidural, yeah. he walked in because they didn't have a rule at that time about how many people. And I was so happy to see him. I just lost it. I just started crying. Aww. And I was like, thank God Dan's here. And I, they thought I was in pain, but I wasn't. I was just like all emotional and whatever. I mean, who would have known that someone in labor could be emotional? I know. It was weird. Anyway, I got the epidural and then it was wonderful. We played cards for the next two hours and then they informed me I was complete and that I was to push. It's time to start pushing. And my mom said, don't, when it's time to push, you'll feel like you're sitting on a bowling ball. And I did. And yeah. I was like, there's a bowling ball between my legs. <laughs> so then they said, if you don't push hard enough, we will turn your epidural off and you'll feel everything. So, so first they like guilt you into getting an epidural and then they then try they and guilt you. Then they try and guilt you into not, um, that if you don't push well enough, they're going to take away your epidural. Yeah, so you better believe I wow. pushed like you would not believe. And I have it all on video and everyone's like, wow, she's pushing like like a like a professional like she's done this before and i'm like yeah because you threatened to take my epidural away god the mind <laughs> games that they think they can play with pregnant women sometimes it's so horrific and i was 16 i didn't even care no so i have these pictures so he came out you know 100 fine he was yeah. only six pounds nine ounces oh he's a tiny he tiny little mexican my parents were both there my dad attended childbirth classes with me um because Dan was in school and he was going to be my labor coach. Yeah. So my dad was like just kick-ass awesome through my whole pregnancy. So was my mom. Like they were super supportive. So my dad was like, I'll take you to these classes. I couldn't even drive yet because that's how young I was. So there we were. He's like in his 30s. I am 16 embraces. I look like I was 12. <laughs> and every time we showed up, people just looked at us like, look at that man. Like he thought that yes. he, he was the dad. Yes. They well, thought, he was the dad. Yes. Yeah, so that was embarrassing. And it wasn't until like a couple classes in that my dad finally did say, like, I think they think that it's our child. And I'm like, you better say something. This is embarrassing. So then we made it clear. And they were like, oh. Did you just do that thing where you're really <laughs> blunt and you'd be like, so I know all of you are thinking that this no. is the father of my baby, but he's actually the father of this baby. That's me. That's, that's, that's me. Who that's he's the father dad. of. He's the dad, but not the dad of this baby because that would be gross. <laughs> I didn't because I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> quite that blunt when I was 16 and pregnant. So we, you know, he was there. And anyway, so it was really cool. And that was really funny that they all thought it was just weird, like whatever. And so he was like through the labor, he would like, he was there, he was holding my hand, he was stabbing me with pens in my leg. <laughs> to see if I your epidural was yes. working correctly. And I had all these like jab marks after the birth, but Dan made it. So he was like petting my head while I was pushing and his mom was in there and my mom was in there and it was just, it was amazing. It was like such a good birth. I got to watch him. I didn't want to watch him come out, but I saw a glimpse. It was scary for yeah. me at 16. And then my postpartum was like, I couldn't breastfeed. It just sucked. And I didn't really have a whole lot of support in that. But it couldn't have gone any better, like yeah. for a hospital birth. Um, and I if mean, I can it find could've. it. It could have gone better. It probably could have gone better. If I can find it, I want to put on our Instagram the picture of me with my birth. All the people that were there. Yeah. I look like a 10-year-old in braces. I've that seen just pictures gave... of you when you're that age. God, it's awful. So young. It's so bad. I feel so bad for my parents. <laughs> like, 
walking around with braces and my bad acne skin and a oh big old gosh. belly. Oh my god! And they did not disown me. The thing I hear because you're because you were happy with that, um, even though there's things that to us now are clearly like wow, that was totally disrespectful and not okay. But it's like it made me think of all the times. And I hear this from, like, L&D nurses a lot or, like, lots of people that work in the hospital. And they're like, there's so many women that come in saying they want a natural birth and then they're begging for the epidural. But it's like, and, and that does happen a lot, especially if it you're does. not well prepared or if, you know, sometimes people just need epidurals. But a lot of times from my experience, it's like they also kind of coerce that situation by taking advantage of the emotional situation you're in right uh, with epidurals like for me i didn't do any research though like i yeah. i mean i did but i did 16 year old child research so for them they were just going to do whatever they usually there was did. no internet back then there was no interweb i had to go to the hanley library and i couldn't drive yet and there are no books about pregnancy in high school because no one's supposed to be knocked up so yeah. i did my best um, but it turned out really, really well. And, and I had great care and the nurses were fantastic. So I can understand from my experience, why when people go into the hospital that haven't done their own research that are like, mm -hmm. I want a natural birth, but then that's all they know. And I they understand. don't have the proper support. They don't have the they support. they might be like yeah. coerced into like, like, I, I don't know how many women who I was not their doula, but when you're a birth worker and you tell people that. People tend to just start telling you their birth stories regardless of where you're at. Like, I've talked to women at bars countless times and like, oh, what do you do? Let me tell you my birth story. Like, everyone wants to tell you about their birth story and their hemorrhoids and the pads they use and like the whole nine yards. And, um, but there's so many women that I've heard that story where it's like, um, yeah, I was, I was having contractions and I was this many centimeters, centimeters dilated and it wasn't hurting. And then they came in and they offered me an epidural. And then I got scared because they said, if you wait too long, you can't then get you can't one. Have one. And they're like, well, it's not bad now, but what if it gets worse later and I can't have one? Yes. And so it's like all these mental games you play with people. That's why having an out of hospital birth, like that happened to me with Chris. It happened to me with Oscar, though I didn't have the epidural. I wanted it. I begged for it. But Chuck said no because I told him not to let me have it. But when I had my first home birth, it was like that was completely taken out of the scenario. It's a completely and different it was mental so, space. It was so much easier mentally. Like it was still a hard, it's still birth. It's still yes. labor. But there's no like, do I do it? Do I not? Do I not? Do I do? Do I ask? Which even <laughs> that like, even that mental game of like, is this a contraction that's hard enough that I need it? Like that. That in itself is enough to keep you from going into your primal brain because instead of just like yes. being in labor, you're thinking yep. all the time about your labor. Um, so that's and so like the reason we like to share our birth stories is because as birth workers, um, once you've given birth, like there's no way that your experiences can't affect your view of birth like we are all shaped by our experiences of birth and then our experiences of giving birth um which I felt like I was a kick-ass doula before I gave birth almost because you know you're the reason everyone's like well I don't just don't think I could hire a midwife or a doula that's never given birth and I'm like oh my god let me tell you why you're wrong like you yeah when you did have a baby it may have changed for you mm -hmm. like you may have then understood and really More. gotten it but you did all of the things yeah. before. Well, it's like before I had babies, when I was supporting birth, it was like I was a blank slate. Whereas right. a lot of people go into it with preconceived notions of what birth are because of their experiences. And we tend to want to shape 
what other people are going through into our experiences, like put it in the same box, whereas birth is not like that. So for me, I was a completely blank slate and I was learning about birth without preconceived ideas about what people go through. So, I mean, I think it that people who have not had babies can be really awesome, like midwives and doulas. Um, and not to say that people that have had babies aren't as well, because I... You know, I've learned so much more since I've had babies, especially about postpartum and what it's like to actually be there mentally. Um, so, but that's why it's so fun to share our own birth stories. I know. If only I could remember more. Yeah. Well, nature makes it so we don't. I don't want to because then I had to go back to school. Yeah. And I was up all night with the baby and then driving to school at whatever, 630 in the morning. And yeah. That was horrible. And also, can it you imagine? Horrible, but, but can you imagine now. if you had like really good support and really good information from outside sources, so that it was like, even though you were happy with your birth, but then like if breastfeeding had gone well because you had been giving correct information, because obviously you know how to breastfeed, you've done it. So it wasn't that you couldn't breastfeed. It, no, it was I know that you now why I wasn't able to breastfeed. Yeah, I have my own issues, but but I don't know. I I do wish I would have been able to. And I did breastfeed him for two weeks. I mean, it mm -hmm. was my nipples literally fell off like mm -hmm. and ble it was horrible. It was so horrible. But I wanted to, to nurse him so badly that I did it for two weeks to the point where when he would latch on, I was just like screaming in pain and then I yeah. just tapped out. But I did have to go back to school in January and he was okay. born in November. Yeah. So I don't know how as a high school person I would have managed pumping. pumping like they're the not going to offer. No. Yeah. yeah. So it probably turned out. The way it was supposed the way to. It was, I mean, it did turn out the way it was supposed to. And I wish I could have nursed him longer. But at least two weeks, he did get some colostrum and whatnot. Yeah. But he ended up with childhood asthma that he had for four years and countless ear infections. He ended up needing tubes in his ears. And I do feel like if I was able to nurse as opposed to formula, he probably wouldn't have had any of those issues at all. Um, so let's go on and talk about your birth with Oz, because now you're in a, you're ten years later. You're you're older. Oh, this is a you're really in a different fast part one. of your journey, but you weren't a birth worker yet. No, I don't think it's necessarily very fast because there's some key components and the parts of your birth that we can talk about. Yeah, no, it's just it was it. I labor quickly. I'm one of those fast birth people, and so for. For Oscar, or for my first birth, it was three hours and 20 minutes long. From the time who, they broke your water. Right, yeah. and who knows if I was actually in labor. I mean, I could have been. I probably was. I just didn't feel it. Feel it. So for, for Oz, I wanted... My mom worked um, still as a labor and delivery nurse and had moved into a new office and was working in an office that had a midwife. So she was like, listen, I, you know, and at that point my mom was already thinking about becoming a midwife. So she was very keen on midwifery care. So she talked me into using a midwife and I was like, sweet. So I saw this midwife the entire time. Um, I didn't see any of the doctors because it was agreed. Like she was going to attend my birth. I was going to catch my own baby. Like all this stuff was going to happen, blah, blah. Um, I, Went into labor the way, in the worst possible way, the way that we tell every mom not to go into labor. Yes. I was dehydrated. Yep. I, Max had a football game, or Chris had a football game. And How I many weeks were you? You were like 38. 38 30, something. Because you yeah. always went early. Um, yeah, I was 38 and change, and I was had sat in the sun for like 10 hours or something because it was like their final... Um, championship or something i sat there i was sunburnt from head to toe with my big giant belly and on the way home i was just 
exhausted and I get home and I wasn't in labor. I'm sure I was, but I didn't realize it. And then I just like, my mom was with us. So my mom, we all drove together and, and she, they dropped us off and then my mom went home. Thank goodness you have fast births. Can you imagine if that's how you started labor and then you're one of those no. people that has to be in labor for like 20 hours? Absolutely not. That would not God, have worked for me. would have been awful. So I, I just freaked out. Every time I start labor, I get all emotional and I'm not an emotional person. That's super normal. I know. I know. But it was weird. So Chuck knew I was in labor, but I didn't. So I just burst into tears for no reason. And I did this thing and he was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. And I threw myself on the bed and I just <laughs> laid there like, like floundering like a fish. And he goes, Oh my God, you are in labor. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, you, you are. And I'm freaking, I'm calling your mom. So he called I love my mom. Your, I love your descriptions of when you throw like hissy fits. <laughs> they make me laugh so hard. And I don't know. I was just like, Aah! I was, and I was just sobbing into my comforter. That probably hadn't been washed in four months. So he calls my mom and he's like, mom, mom, Kim's crying and she won't stop crying. And I don't know what's wrong, but you should come back. So she came back and she's like, well, let me check you, which we all know how fun those checks go. <laughs> so I floundered again. Kim hates having her cervix God, checked. I hate it. Hate. She hates it. I hate it so much. That's why I'm so gentle. I try to be yeah, so. you're touching my cervix. Don't touch your cervix. Stop touching it. So she okay, checked touch it me. again, but uh, I hate it. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're four centimeters. And so we should probably go to the hospital. And I was like, okay. But she checked me and then it just kicked in. And it was, it was just fast Bam. and furious. That was it. And I jumped from, up from the bed and I was like, I'm not leaving until I take a shower and shave my vagina. Because we <laughs> had planned to take pictures. So for Oscar's birth, all of my brother, well, two out of three of my brothers Met us at the hospital. We had the biggest birth team. Like whoever I wanted was in there. So my they dad, have a very close family we're super and close. not a weird way. Like it just it's, it just works. It just works. So Kyle was there and Brian was there. My dad was there. My mom was there. Um, we show up at that. Well, I shaved first of all, and I was so happy because. And my mom's like, what are you not banging on the door? And I'm like, ah, ah. it probably had patches, I, though. Like I you didn't. probably thought you did a good job, no. but there's probably patches nope. left in places. I saw pictures. My vagina was glistening, <laughs> glistening. like marble. I knew you were going to say it glistening. was so beautiful. It's like your so, favorite word. <laughs> it's so good. So I'm like laboring in the shower and like in between contractions, I'd reach down, feel around, shave really quickly, did my armpits. I was oh. good. We got in the car at that point, And that couldn't have taken more than 30 minutes. I couldn't sit yeah like his head was already so low I couldn't sit the whole way from Strasburg to the Winchester. hospital that sounds awful. I held myself up like I was just holding my arms were shaking <laughs> and my mom's in the back like we she drove with us in case I started pushing in the car and she's like what are you doing And I'm like I can't sit down I can't sit I think his head is right there and she was like well don't sit on his head why are you crying she's like me I'm like crying I kept bursting into tears <laughs> thanks mom this is so helpful <laughs> and she was like i just remember we got there and i sat i still couldn't sit they put me in a wheelchair and i held myself up in the wheelchair and they were like just sit down and i'm like i can't his head is too low so they take me into one of the elevators and then she goes oop wrong elevator and i was oh like <laughs> like burst into tears again and my mom's just standing there she's like why are you crying again it was like me talking to mary listen linda 
Linda. Listen, Linda. She, at no point did any, she just kept laughing at me. Also, her mom's <laughs> name is actually Linda, so which now, makes it even funnier. When I, it's my mom's fault I am the way I am, because I am, seriously, like, this labor was, it was on. It was on. Like I was Donkey crying. Kong. I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was freaking the fuck out. Chuck is trying to help me, but we hadn't really done, like, a class so he's just like oh my god what do I do and my mom's just laughing at me because she's an L&D nurse and she's like stop embarrassing me you're my daughter like oh my god <laughs> Linda I know it's like me talking to Meredith sorry Meredith I take it all back anyway so we get up there and for they... the record you will not do that to Meredith when she's actually god, in labor no I will not we will coddle her I will like a little I'll hold eat. Well, I'll hold one cheek. She'll, you'll hold the other. We'll we'll rub her. Lots of coddling. Go on. Why are you crying? Anyway, so wh- when I got to the labor and delivery, I they checked me and I was eight centimeters. Like so, I had gone from four to eight. That was like an hour. Yeah. And it was just so hard. And I, she, and the doctor. So the midwife did not show up. I did call her personal cell again and again. I called her house number. She wasn't home, so she wasn't there. So on the way, I realized I'm not having this midwife that I had only seen the whole time. Yeah. I was going to get whatever doctor was on call. Whoever just walks in the room. I didn't fucking care at that point. But I was like, don't. well, that sucks. But in walked Karen Wade, who is a family friend because mm-hmm. her son is my brother's best mm-hmm. friend. So thank God, at least this person that you walked know in, her. I knew her. And she was very, like, she knew my dad. My dad, like, hung out with her to help her with her horse, something. I don't know. Doesn't she have a very blunt bedside Like me, only manner. on steroids. You yes. don't actually have a blunt bedside Like, manner. her face never changes. You always go into it, and you're like, I'm going to walk into that room, and I'm going to be like, listen, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to check her cervix, and I'm going to do... And then you walk into the room, and you're like, so... Hey! We could check your cervix, or we couldn't. Everything is beautiful. Everything is perfect. You have like your alter ego and your actual birth ego, and every time it happens, I'm like, <laughs> I see a YouTube video Kim, coming. You are not a, you I'm are not, not as big of a birth not, badass as you think. You're not mean at all. I'm a big wuss. So, so she walks in, she checks me, and she's like, "We're gonna break your water." I want to break your water to speed this up. And in my because mind... Because it wasn't going fast right, enough. In my mind, I was like, faster than an hour? Like, what? But I didn't know, like... And so my mom was like, listen. And at that point, I had had it. Like, I was in so much pain. It was fast and fear. I was in transition. And it's always like, if you're in transition at that point where you're trying to get into the hospital, that's the hardest time because it's like, there's so many things going on and you can't just get into a rhythm. Nope. So there was no rhythm. And my mom did try... To like get me out of the bed she I have pictures of her like rubbing my back I'm leaning over the bed and I'm trying to get comfortable but I had back labor he was completely posterior so I had no <laughs> break it was just like horrible horrible pain the whole time and nothing was changing it so I kept begging for an epidural begging give me the epidural I have changed my mind I am tapping out I am not a hero I don't care and Chuck was like he leans down and he goes I'm really sorry but I'm going to have to say no to that because I promised you that in no way would I let you have this epidural. And I just remember grabbing at him and going, I fucking changed my mind. Give me the epidural. And he actually went, no. <laughs> like nobody was listening. <laughs> so are you glad that you yes. didn't get an epidural though? Yes, I okay. am glad. I am glad now, but it just, it was so awful because he was posterior. Yeah. And I, again, was throwing one of my fits and I refused to go on my hands and knees. I was laying on my back. It was horrible. So she did break my water and he immediately, it was like, 
I was pushing. Bam. Like there was no. So I was pushing, but he wasn't going anywhere. Because he was posterior. Because he was posterior, and I was flat on my back. Yeah. I was in stirrups. My entire vagina was shut because I'm sitting on it. That sounds horrible. It was. I will never forget. She looked. She jammed her hand into my vagina mm-hmm. all the way mm-hmm. and I scream. I just remember screaming like stop it and she goes I'll not move my hand until you push it out and I was pushing so hard and I didn't know how to verbalize that I was pushing but nothing was moving like yeah. I could feel he wasn't moving well you so, can't verbalize at that point right. you're and in a I whole just, different place right and I just felt like I was pushing against nothing so then she did all this stuff and it she, he was posterior so then she's in there she's moving his head around I'm guessing um, and then I heard her say she's just not trying hard enough which was completely deflated me because I thought if I try any harder oh I will God. literally pass out so then I just was like taking the deepest breaths I, I could and pushing as hard as I could and then I almost blacked out like the whole room like I could hear them going yes 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 do that and so I was pushing as hard as I could and then everything started to keyhole like I can all of a sudden I couldn't see Chuck I couldn't see my mom I couldn't see my brother and then all I could see was like this one little point on the wall and then all these little sparks started flying in front of my eyes and I was like great I'm gonna fucking pass out sounds like what happened to me that time I did elevator hits also traumatic (laughs) (laughs) yes i could talk about other times this happened to me as well (laughs) but it wasn't like that i wasn't feeling euphoria i was feeling death (laughs) oh there was no euphoria so then she there's a picture because my dad actually delivered caught yes oscar which everyone thinks is fucking weird but it really wasn't and so i have a picture of him with his little gloves on and he was like gently helping his head out yeah and then Karen just reached in, you know, did that thing and just went kink and I could, I, and that was it. Like I just, all the sparks just went tick, 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 tick. And I just sat back and I was like, that's it. I'm out. And then she just yanked him out, just pulled him. I just stopped pushing. I just pat. I wasn't completely passed out, but mm-hmm. it was like, well, I, I do remember that I met you shortly after that. It was like a year or so after that. And when you found out I was a doula, you did that thing that everyone does where you're like, I told you my story. Let me talk about my, let me talk about my trauma. <laughs> Except I was a new doula back then. So I was like, and I was in love with you a little bit, not in a sexual way, like just in a, you know, friendship way. Like and, you still um, are. Yeah. And I was like, I-, I was excited to hear your story, but I remember, I still vividly remember you talking about how traumatic it was for you. It was so when they jammed your awful. their hands in your vagina, and were like, "I'm not taking my hand out until you push it out." And I don't, I'm not faulting her. Like I, she literally let us do whatever she, we wanted. Like we cut the cord with a knife my dad had made. Like yeah, it but was, at the same beautiful. time, it was still unnecessary. Like and and it wasn't like your birth was taking abnormally long. Even with him no. being posterior, how long did you push for? Not long. I mean, I was only I was in labor for less than four hours. I think so. It's not like the baby was having a hard time or I don't anything. know. I mean, there I, there he could have had D cells in the end. I don't remember any of the medical aspect yeah. to it. And I know I was being I was in so much pain. I do remember my mom making suggestions, but I refused to listen to her yeah. because I literally couldn't move. And I knew if I had flipped onto my hands and knees, he probably would have just, just came out. Flew out. But I literally couldn't do it. Like, I just couldn't do it. And I didn't have, like, a doula or, like, the midwife that, you know, that knows to just, like, get you up and move yeah. you. No, you I know do know remember I mean? saying that one day. I remember sitting in your kitchen and being like, you needed a doula. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. 
I needed a doula. <laughs> I needed you. Because your mom can't be your doula the same way. A different no, doula can be no, a doula. no, no. And plus she's an L&D nurse and she never took doula training. So she, all she can do is like whatever, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. the medical side to it. And also we're very close. So, so then it was like, I was traumatized and I was in so much pain and I was just trying not to pass out. So they laid him on my chest and there was so much blood and I tore I don't know what degree it was, but it was awful. I mean, and it took me six months to recover Oof. from her stitching me up. It was horrible. There's blood all over my face. There's like all this stuff. And I just remember thinking, if you don't smile, they're going to think you hate this baby. And so the look on my face of me trying to smile, it's like a clear grimace. And he's like screaming. And then they took him away. And all I could think of was like, I don't even want this baby here. Like, yeah. take him away. I need. You need a, you need a minute. I needed a minute. It was more than a minute. Like yeah, the longer need- I sat there, the longer I started to like come back into myself. But I was so upset and in so much pain, and so traumatized. I didn't even want to look but at my But everybody baby. around you is so happy. So it's oh like my this God. weird. Yeah. So my brothers, I have pictures. Of like I'm like, no, no, you go ahead. No, you you go ahead and all these pictures of everybody like taking time to snuggle him and then that night I fell madly in love with him like we yeah. just slept together they kept yelling at me for it I didn't care yeah um, but it was it was horrible and yeah. it was it could it, and it went great it was like a great birth and Karen was amazing Karen Wade was amazing but it was just very traumatic. Yeah. So hence why I and never then, again went to the hospital. And then you also had a hard time nursing him. You nursed him for what, six months? Yeah, I nursed him for six months. I have all the same issues that I still have when I try to nurse. But again... Well, he has a glaring lip tie. Oh, and a tongue tie. Like everything yeah. in his mouth was tied. They didn't know. And I did have a lot of lactation help before I left the hospital, but they drugged me yeah. because of my tear. So they gave me so much... Um, medication that I was completely stoned the whole postpartum and they just kept giving it to me so I just remember Chuck like Jesus Christ like I'll do it and like grabbing my boob and shoving it in his mouth I couldn't move I was high as a kite and I was like okay you can touch my boob if you want to and laughing and it's like a stone person trying to do something serious it was horrible (laughs) I love when stone people try and do something serious but I don't love this story for you but it's like I see the sense of humor in it, but it's just this is the norm. Yeah. You know this what is I the, mean? This is the experience most people have not knowing that there's another way to have this experience. Right. And so, again, I was not displeased with my experience, but those few moments were very traumatizing. And and I know that I was being difficult in labor, thus the only but option you being difficult. Well, if I, but you if, were being a normal laboring mom right but That's if i refused to to flip over she didn't have any choice but to reach in there and pull like i've had moms do that too where they're just like screaming and they're stuck in one position and i literally they're too heavy for me to move yeah so i'll just fine reach down and it finagle. definitely depends on the situation because there's no reason to rush your pushing phase right. unless the baby was really having a hard time and which maybe we don't was. know i don't know um so it's like it's it's hard to know because we can't remember we didn't know those things um it's time to go to break but when we come back you're gonna um, tell a birth story and in's gonna sweep in jess from stage right where she becomes friends with kim but first we have to tell max's story and then we'll tell lila's oh that's right because he's older so let's go to break okay cue the music oh yeah So our sponsor for today's episode is once again our Teespring shop. 
Do you love cute shirts with birthy sayings on them? Do you love our logo? Would you love to have a mug or a bag with our logo on it? Well, if you like any of those things, then our Teespring shop is the place for you. Um, we will put a link to it in our posts on social media, um, but it's the Wine About Birth Teespring, and we are really trying to raise money in order to get a professional to add closed captions to our YouTube videos so that the deaf community can enjoy our podcast as much as the hearing community. So check out our Teespring shop and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers! Welcome back from that delightful break. I feel like I'm talking so much because I have so many more kids than you. Yeah, well, you had birth stories before I came into the picture. That's true. I almost had a birth story before you were even born. <laughs> That's not true. Close. What year What What year was Chris born? 1995. Okay, I was 11 years old. <laughs> okay. And you were only 16. Close enough. <laughs> no, you were 16. So you basically had a baby before you were even born. Do you know what's crazy? I started high school in 1994. Yeah. That's the year that I started high school. Yeah. And then I had a baby in 1995, and then I graduated in 1997. Well, at least you graduated. It's <laughs> oh good stuff. Oh, my God. And I had so much fun. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So we're talking about, so, like, somewhere in between um, Oscar being born, me and Kim became friends. Sorry. So <laughs> then we started becoming doulas together, and um, I remember super vividly that so part of our doula certification with dona was that we had to take a childbirth education class yes and so we signed up for the same childbirth education class with 10 moons uh. so we are these brand new little baby birth workers Aww. and we're on our way to take our childbirth education class yes. with amy and desiree we're so excited oh i remember now yeah and it was me, you, and my mom, because my mom was training to be a doula at the time as well. And we're all, and I didn't have kids, so we're all driving to our childbirth class. And Kim tells us from the back seat that she's pregnant with Max. Yes. And I, I was remember like, that what? as we were pulling into our class. Yeah. So that was super exciting. You were not the first birth I had done for my qualification, qualifying no. births, but you were the first home birth. I was doing so I had I went to like fun. some of your prenatal visits with Peggy I don't remember any of that yeah we went to prenatal <laughs> visits together That's so awesome and then it was like our child yeah and then I remember the night you went into labor I didn't live in Strasburg but I was in Strasburg literally like two oh, minutes it took you like two seconds to I was get to two my house. minutes from your house and Chuck texted me I don't actually I don't remember if it was Chuck or you but someone texted me and was like, I think it was Chuck. Kim is having contractions. So if you want to make your way this way. And I was literally like two minutes away. So you had had like two contractions. You like burst in the door because it was like a huge downpour. Like a it huge was, storm was happening. It was raining so hard that night that I actually passed your driveway because I couldn't see. And I had to turn around and go back. And this was a driveway I went to. All the time. And I still pass it. That's how hard it was raining. But I bust into your house like three minutes after he calls me. Do you me. know what it looked like? It was like that scene when John Candy yeah. like knocks the door down and comes like and it's pouring behind him and he yeah. has a raincoat on. He's like, I'm here. And, I was and you're like, like, that was fast. I've had like three contractions. But you were sitting like in a t-shirt on a birth ball and you're leaning over your kitchen table. Yes. 
And so, like, oh, we have pictures. So I, I think I literally got to your birth like after you had had like five contractions because by that time you, yeah, you beat Chuck. If you were having no, Chuck was there. Chuck was home. I don't know. He was home. Did I call him home first and then he texted you? Yeah. Okay. So Chuck was home, but then like you had just started labor, like you barely had any contractions, and so I get there. And, um, but your births are so fast. I know. It's great. So we called the midwives in shortly after, but you start telling it from your point of view. I don't remember. You have to, what's weird is that having a doula, like I don't think. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's your job to think for me. So I don't have so to So you're think. just doing your thing. So the funny part was, is that you were having a water birth. Yes. So you, your family was all eventually all got there because oh yeah my well my dad was coming and hope was coming Mm -hmm. and megan was coming yep and they all slowly got there one little bit at a time but i don't really remember i don't remember the timeline for it or when it all happened i know at some point we got the birth pool filled after i got there i don't think i moved from that birth ball I just remember sitting on the birth ball and looking to my right staring at At the pool pool. like I want to get in and you were like rubbing but for some reason we thought it was a good idea I don't know what I guess this is new birth worker stuff and you were my friend and so like you put on your bathing suit top and for some reason we thought I might have to get in the pool with you so So I put on the bottom and we had all these pictures that I got back later because you used to have to like do the pictures and the you know send yes. them off. And I'm like, why are you wearing my bathing suit? But it was this whole thing. We went in your bedroom and you put on the top and I put yes. on the bottom just in case I had to get in the pool with you, which is like one of those things that we thought might have to happen because we hadn't been doing births long enough to know right. what the hell was what going are, on. What is it? Yeah. And so, um, you get in the tub and you start you know, laboring. I just remember Chuck walked in from work because we used to work at Texas Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And he like leaned down to give me a kiss. And I was like, oh, my God, you stink. Go take a shower. <laughs> and he was like, what? Jeez, uh? fine. You know, that yeah. restaurant smell. Yeah. Oh, God, I almost threw up. Anyway. And your nose is so like. Oh, it was so terrible. Picks up everything. When oh, and then my water broke when I got up to go pee. And it was like running down my leg. That's right. And we were like laughing. And you're like, do you need help? And I'm like, do not come in the bathroom with me. It's my oh, because space. then you. Yeah, that's right. And then you sat and labored on the toilet. And I, I forgot hid. about that. Yes, I was hiding on the toilet like I always do. And while the tub was filling. Yes. 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 And so then she finally gets in the tub. And it's not soon after like. Amy gets there and Peggy gets there. And so like I was a very new birth worker. So I was not really like picking up on the fact that your labor was going super fast or that you're about to have I your do, baby. I remember you calling them though. And you were like talking to Amy or Desiree because yeah. I wanted them at my birth, but they weren't licensed yet. And they were precepting with Peggy. Yes. So I hired Peggy. Yes. Be- not that I didn't like Peggy. It's just, I didn't even know Peggy. I just wanted Amy and Desiree. Yes. So you were like doing that thing. Like I do to you. And you're like, well, it seems like she's really intense, but I don't really know. And yeah. I could hear them asking you questions. I don't remember that at they all. They were not there long before I started pushing. No, not long at all. And so then you get in the tub and I'm like, was trying to rub your back so it's like the pictures of me i'm like my, my entire front of my body was in the tub just like leaning <laughs> over know. rubbing your back and that's when you started asking for like rectal pressure yeah because he started i guess i started pushing on my own but i didn't want to push mm-hmm. because i was you were scared from so last time. traumatized by pushing max or whatever his name oscar out yeah i didn't want to push yep so chuck was stuck holding me up the entire time yep he knew better than to complain. 
and you were giving me support, like rectal support. Yeah, so there was a towel in the water, and I was holding her, like, butthole in <laughs> through the towel. So it didn't fall out. <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, more rectal pressure. Like, what was that going to do? Push his head back I in? I don't know. I and just so, wanted you to, like, push up so, so that I'm, I like, pushing up on her rectum. And then, like, Peggy's there. And then all of a sudden, I just don't remember thinking, like, the baby was coming out that moment. And so I start to feel his head coming into my hand. And I was like, oh, there's a head. Oh, my God. I feel the baby's head. (laughs) And Peggy, who was so calm at birth, is just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yes, that does tend to happen. that's happening. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is my first home birth I've ever been at. So I'm just like, oh. I'm doing it. I'm touching it. And you had no gloves on. Why would you have gloves on? No, I was holding your butthole through a towel. (laughs) Why would I have a glove on? You were my friend. So I just remember like it was everything in me not to start panic. I hate pushing. Mm -hmm. It is the worst part for me. I will labor all day. Not that I've ever done that, but I don't want to push. So every time I'd start to get a contraction, I would picture two paths. Mm -hmm. The one to the left, panic. The one to the right, calm. And I'd be like, go to the right, go to the right. We're going to the right. Just go to the right. And everyone's talking around me, but I wasn't listening to anybody. Yeah. And then Megan was pouring water on my belly. And then every time she'd stop, I'd be like, pour the water. (laughs) Pour the water. (laughs) Also, get out of the pool. Why are you standing in the pool? And then she'd step out and then I'd move and then she couldn't reach me. So she'd step into the pool and I'd feel her energy in the water. And I'm like, get out of the pool. Get to my pool. Get out of the pool. I'm sorry, I'm laughing so hard, but I don't know if I should say this. And then I remember the other person that was at your birth, and all of a sudden they're like kneeling by the pool, and they're like, Crap! Crap! I've got a crap! <laughs> like, fell on the floor. Hope! <laughs> yeah, she got a leg cramp because that was tough. <laughs> Le- leaning next to a birth pool is hard. <laughs> I've got a crap! <laughs> she oh, like hope. laid on the floor, and I was. <laughs> and then, so. Um, I. I Max crowned for a really long time. Well, um, I think a little too long. Yeah. As but Peggy was trying to calmly tell yes, me. Yes. Be- but at that time, I had not been to many births, as I keep repeating. So it, to me, it didn't seem like a long time because it's like you're if you've not been to births, the energy that are of the people around you, it's just like, oh, OK, no one's panicking. So this is great. And it was super chill. And so I do remember Peggy saying like um, I do remember Peggy saying um, so this is a really hard place. I'm sorry, I'm doing it in Amy's voice. This is a really hard place for the baby to be in. So if you could push him out now. No, I'm not doing that. That would be great. No. This is still in Amy's voice. And um, and you're like, no, no. I'm not going to push. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I'm not going to do that right now. And then I do remember her saying, Kim, his ears are out. You have to push. He's clearly not going to come out on his own. Yeah. And then I, I heard her, and then I felt, I reached down, and I was like, oh, my Ooh. God, his ears are out. Okay. And then he came and out. And then he came out. But if, oh, I was such a pain. And how many people, though, you were not, you always say that. How many people, though, do we have that we're like, tell them, like, reach down and feel your baby when their, like, heads are yes. out, and they, like, are, are so overwhelmed, they're very resistant to it, but then if they do it, they're like, oh. Oh, it like totally grounds them. Yes. And I would not let go. I know I had 
Chuck's arm Mm -hmm. in one hand and I don't know if it was I think it was Megan no Mm -hmm. it was Hope I grabbed a hold of Hope yep and then I was squeezing too hard and she was like my hand I need a break so then (laughs) so then Megan I think it was Megan took over I don't know but I just remember Hope yelling like my hand my hand and then somebody (laughs) else took my hand and I just would not let go of whoever I was holding yeah so when Peggy was like his ears are out you had I was like okay I'm gonna let go and I'm gonna prove that she's wrong oh there he is that's a baby and I watched my birth video as a midwife and I was like oh my god because it was minutes I would love minutes. to watch that birth I video. have it in there I somewhere. would love to watch it again now so then he came out white as a sheet no we didn't Wh- yes he, he did white. yes he was I watched they didn't it and have I had to pictures. do PTV or anything they did he came around right away he did come around right, right away he yeah. did but he was not a good color I think he was just a white baby he was He's very so white, white. And he pinked up, but it took a little while for mm-hmm. him to pink up, too. Mm-hmm. I'll prove you wrong. I mm-hmm. have the video. I did watch it. You're right. I'll probably watch it and be like, holy shit. Yeah. But it was fine. Like, it was all chill. So that was like, and I just remember Chuck going, this is the easiest thing we've ever done. And I was and you're like, like, I will kill you. Yes. Oh, my God. And then my mom was living in New Jersey at the time. Mm-hmm. So she has missed all of my home births because she's never been in town. Or we live in a different state or whatever. So my dad was there. So I remember my dad calling my mom during the crowning part. Like right before he was crowning, I think. Because it's all on video too. And he's just watching. And he's, he's talking to my mom. Giving her a play-by-play. Everyone That's else is right. quiet. But he was like, it was like a super dramatic play-by-play. Yeah. Oh my God. And I just remember finally he goes, well that looks like it really hurts. That's and right. I just, my head shot up and I'm like, I will fucking kill you if you don't hang up the phone right fucking now. And he went, sorry Lynn, gotta go. And hung up. Didn't even put the phone down. Just hung up on her. My mom missed the birth. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Why would you say that to someone pushing a baby out? Oh my God. Oh, dad. Anyway. Hysterical. Oh, there's. So then, so that you, was amazing. Your, your placenta took a long time. I do it, remember that. It did. It took over an hour, and I had mm-hmm. that horrible back pain. It felt you like ended someone up having to get up on the birth stool. Yes, and that's it when was your terrible. Placenta came out, it but felt you like actually someone was beating me in the back. Were able to nurse Max. Oh yeah, we nursed. I nursed Max for 16 months until mm-hmm. I started midwifery school, and I had to go for two 12-hour days. We I I did school from seven to seven like Tuesday and Wednesday and it was in Gainesville and I lived in outside of Tampa. So no one understandably was going to take a nursing baby overnight. So Mm -hmm. nobody being Chuck. So I stopped nursing him and it was devastating. And I think he's still like, you know, it was devastating for me when I moved to Florida. When you moved to Florida? Well, I would never do that again. Someone asked if I would, we were talking about moving to Colorado yesterday and I was like, not not Chuck, but like one of somebody else that I know was like, oh, blah, blah, blah in Colorado. And I was like, I could get down with Colorado. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, if Jess went. And she's like, what? I'm like, no, no, Jess and I have to be together. So that's not an option. No, that's not an option. Anyway, so it was a beautiful like Peggy was so, so calm. And Amy and Desiree were so were awesome. So calm. And then Amy helped. Um chris chris mm-hmm. videotaped the whole thing i thought brian, brian was, was there again brian took over at the end because chris got so excited uh, okay that, the, that you know the video started bouncing and yeah. he's like give it to me <laughs> and he videotaped and it. then brian um because we didn't have a pump for the birth pool so brian uh, my brother siphoned it with his siphoned mouth Siphoned it with his mouth and he goes i got a big old mouthful of whatever that was and i was mm-hmm. like Bleh. but 
nothing happened. I in the don't water. think there was anything gross in the no, water. It was clear, but still, he what a man! Like yeah, that took a lot. What a man! What a man! What a man! Like I said, my family is we're very close in a very non weird, but it does sound weird way. Yeah. And then Brian, oh my God! So talk about postpartum support. He lived with me for a month after he was because he That's travels right. around the world That's for right. work doing trail uh, maintenance so he had a month off he lived with me for a month he did all of my cooking all of my cleaning and for that first like 48 hours before peggy came back he did all the things and she he thought she said every hour fondle massage check the temperature listen to baby he set his alarm for Aww. every hour for 24 hours and he kept coming in and i'd be smacking at him stop it Stop rubbing me. That's and he's so like, sweet. no, the midwife said every hour. Meanwhile, Chuck's snoring. He's out. He's out cold. Dunzo. <laughs> so Brian was a lifesaver. When he left, I thought I would die. Yeah. I was like, why is there laundry? Where did this laundry What's come? happening? But he took care of me like... It was amazing. He did everything for my kids. And then he did the same thing for me when I had Evie. Yeah. You were there. And then when you left, he lived with me for weeks and drove the kids to school, picked them up, cooked dinner. Like, Aww. oh my I God. Brian. I don't know what I'd do without Brian. So, um, Kim's in Florida now. She has a baby. And then I get pregnant with Lila. I think we yes. we only have time for one more birth story. So we're going to do Lila's birth story. <gasps> and then I think we should do like a to be continued with yes. the other birth stories. Yes. Okay. I have so many other kids. So we could do the rest next week. Yes. And so we, so I got pregnant with Lila, but Kim was living in Florida. And, um, I was I, elbow deep in the vagina of midwifery school. Yes. Which was very stressful for you, but she was still determined. Oh, I was going to do it. To get back to Virginia for I was gonna do this it. birth. And so, like, when I think back on what you did, like, she had, like, a young baby. And she drove, I think Max was, like, a year old. If that. Um, no, he was born in February and Lila was born in. No, Max was born in March. Oh, that's right. I always forget if it's the last day of February or, like, in March. It was, like, March 4th, right? Yes. March okay. 4th. So, he was born in March. Well, then he was a little over a year because Lila was born in uh, May, the next May. So, he was, like... Oh, and he nursed... 14 months old. Every hour or two at night. But you took all of your kids and you... I packed them up. Yes, Packed I them did. up and drove from yep. Florida mm -hmm. to Virginia. Yep. And, um... So, I went into labor. And I stayed with Lori, my friend Lori that we mentioned earlier. Yes. She was like, come. She's so, God, every time she like will sense if someone needs something. She's like, come, stay at my house. I'll watch your nursing baby all mm -hmm. night long so you can be with Jessica. I'll take all of your kids. I'll take mm -hmm. off work if I have to. Mm -hmm. And I did. I stayed at her house the so entire time. I was planning on giving birth in my parents' house because I was living in an apartment downstairs of people I knew but the husband of the per like the person who owned the house didn't feel comfortable with me having a home birth there so I was planning to give birth in my parents house um which ended up being like a little bit weird because um I planned like this huge birth party like I had huge birth party there were like, so many people I'm there. gonna show all my friends what birth can be like and I was the first one out of like other than you out of all my friends that had ever given birth and so I invited everybody so the night I went into labor, I went into I, I went to open mic. It was a Sunday night. I went to open mic, and during open mic, I was having contractions, and I was like, mm, "I think I'm probably in labor." And um, so we get back to my apartment, and my contractions got really intense really quick. Even though my labor was 
really long. Right. Like, I remember being in the car. She was the, probably in a horrible position. Probably. I remember getting home from, like, I was having contractions, like, three minutes apart. We're driving home from open mic. I'm already, like, breathing and vocalizing through them. And it's really seeming like my labor is going fast. Like, so I got home and, like, I remember leaning over the couch and, like, oh, my God. I came, I came and stayed like two weeks with Lori waiting for you to go into labor yeah. and I was leaving the next day. Yes. So it was like we got, or however long I was there, 10 days. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll miss your birth. And then you went into labor the I next day. I went into day. labor. Yeah. <gasps> and yes. so then, um, I go to the bathroom and I remember going to the bathroom and I wiped and I had bloody show and I was like. Something about that in my brain, which your brain is so different when you're in labor. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this I really am in labor. This is really happening. There's blood on a tissue. Like, oh, my God. It has been confirmed. Yeah. I mean, it was going to be forever and ever and ever. Amen. Later. Um, But so contractions three minutes apart. So I decide to leave my apartment, head to my parents' house. My So I had several doulas. I had Kim. I had my friend Lori. I had my mom. You had like a house full of doulas. I had a house full of doulas and, um, and a bunch of friends as well. So everybody shows up sometime that night. So this is probably like 9 or 10 at night. I don't think you came yet. My dad was being weird because my they dad didn't was want like, me to, they, wouldn't they didn't let want me you to come because the, the, uh, the plan was I was coming and and Max was going to sleep in the adjoining mm-hmm. room. But for some reason, they were being super weird they about wouldn't you let bringing me bring Max. Max. And I was so in labor, I couldn't, like, vocalize for myself yeah. that I was okay with you coming. So I missed, like... A lot of it. I missed a good bit of the beginning because mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me come over. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, I don't know what to do because he's going to wake up every hour. And then eventually, I think I talked to Brian mm-hmm. and he was like, I don't give a shit come over right now yeah and i did and we'll figure it out and i brought him yeah i did bring max yeah i, I ended know, up I bringing it. him home back to Lori's at some point but i think i brought him was being so weird i brought it. him overnight because i knew he'd be sleeping and all i would have to do was nurse they were not happy about that no but i needed to be with you so i did you it. did need to be with me so i labored all night my everyone ended up coming i labored all night all night long, long all night in long. the tub out of the tub in the tub contractions no more than like three minutes apart the entire time yeah, no break and the whole first part of the night do you remember i was just like puking non-stop every time i get a contraction i'd puke i don't remember a whole lot of the puking it was the worst thing i just and remember I, watching you like really struggling in the water and like on your hands and knees, and I kept trying to brush the little ducky away from yeah, you there, because we had the, the ducky, ducky was bothering and it kept like floating towards my crotch and butthole. Yeah, and I was gonna write a birth story in the in the eye, like in the eyes of the ducky, yeah. and I could not do it because I was so busy in school. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I wanted to do it so bad. Yes, yeah, so it was just my gaping like butthole. Like, it was pulling. It was it like was pulling. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the ducky it was in. causing a gravitational pull <laughs> into my nether regions. <laughs> and so um, I labored all night. And I remember it was around 6 in the morning. My mom loves to feed people, so she makes food constantly. And she had all these freezer dishes available to, like, I thought they were for me postpartum, but my labor went on forever. So she ended up feeding everyone the freezer <laughs> dishes. But at, like, 6 a.m., I finally get out of the water. Yeah, you were in there for the so midwife long. checks me. 
and I was nine centimeters. And my mom was making a egg casserole for everybody. And I was like, great, I'm nine centimeters. I'm going to be done soon. I'm have some egg casserole. I'm going to have some egg casserole. It's going to be glorious. And so that didn't happen. It just kept going and going and going and it going. It went for really It went for 12 more hours. I 12. Don't even have words And so for then that. I remember I started getting pushy and I was out of the water pushing, in the water pushing. And at, so at one point she checks me again and she's like, you have a lip. So I remember laying on an air mattress in my parents' kitchen. I was just going to say yep. that was... It was horrible because you were you were on your back mm-hmm. doing all these things. Everybody was crammed into all the kitchen. All around watching. Everyone was staring. All of it was on video, too. The video from when she was trying to hold my lip back while I, I was pushing is literally... The only I thing it's not that. the only thing it's not worse than is the video of them doing Shake the Apples Of the with gaping me. asshole. Yes, that's the only thing it's less worse than. We gotta later. watch them. So I remember I did that thing. Mm-hmm. I Every time I think of this, I giggle. I was leaning over like the midwife or whoever was like doing whatever, holding this, the lip. And I said, oh, I can see her head. Yeah. I see the baby's head. And she goes, that's not the baby's head. And I was like, God damn it. Like Bless it was just, you were pushing and it was so much pressure. Like yep. you're, you had that urethral sponge was visible yeah, and yep. now I see that every day, but yep. I didn't. It was my first time of watching someone like really struggling to push really hard. Yeah. <sighs> and so that went on Sorry, with I did the that. lip at some, it's okay. I don't even remember it. At some <laughs> point the lip did resolve though. And I remember, um, I was pushing and the baby's head was so low down that, like, she was like, okay, listen, this is what we're going to do. Because the baby never had D-cells or anything, like, yeah. that I remember. She was like, listen, I'm going to send you and Brian into the bathroom for an hour together. I want you to take a shower. I want you to have some privacy. So we went to the bathroom. We took a shower. I was sitting on the toilet. The baby's head was so low down that I could reach my fingers into my vagina. And it was uh, like, you could feel not it. even up to my knuckles. Uh. And every time I'd have a contraction... I would, like, stand up with him, and I'd sway my hips, and I would just push as hard as I could. Right. And then I'd sit back down in between, and I'd feel where the baby's head, and it was in the same exact freaking place. Did you feel like you, like, when you were pushing, did you feel like she was moving, or did it just feel like she was stuck in a spot? See, it didn't feel like either. Anything. I couldn't feel Well, you had said before that you felt like you started pushing too soon. I probably started pushing too soon when I had that lip. Mm-hmm. But then even after my cervix was gone, it was still just like, we don't know what to this day was holding right. up the scenario. I have a Although I do I have, have a very low pubic bone. That's and my theory. There's probably some, if she had pulled a Kim, the baby probably would I'm not going to say out. that. That sounds really mean. That sounds, I would never say that because I don't know. But, but na- I don't think she did that. But watch it. But now, if I could go back to your birth now, I'm like, I would do this and this and this. Put but, her on the yeah. edge of bed, hang her butt over. <laughs> do the thing. Put make downward her pull, pressure. Jam my hand in her vagina the way yep. the doctor did to me, and I hated it. Yep. <laughs> See, sometimes it's necessary. But I was so desperate to have a home birth. Like, yes. I never felt like I wanted to give up. I right. was always just like, nope, oh I'll keep God. going. Oh, I'll keep going. Nope, I'll keep when going. When you were laboring, I've, t- I've talked about this twice on the podcast, yep. I know, and you and Brian were he was whispering to you and you were naked and you were squatting in the back bedroom and he would be just like, you're so beautiful. Everything you're doing. Oh my God, you're so amazing. And I was just crying and crying. I couldn't stop crying. It was and like, he the was most trying not to cry because he yes, was getting worried. Yes. It was like the most beautiful. And I'm like, this labor is so beautiful. Meanwhile, you're like being tortured. 
I don't remember it being torture. So you were not. No. Okay. Like, it was hard, and when I look back, and I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Right. But how did you do that? I don't remember do it being torture at all. I, I didn't feel like I wanted hours. to give in. Were you pushing the whole 12 hours? No. I pushed for six. And part of it, I had a lip. So then, um, so then f- they decide to do some stuff like to see if the baby's in a bad position. So they put me on the bed, butt in the air, shake the apples, take a walk. That's where the gaping butthole video mm-hmm. came from. So I do all that. And then it's still not working. The baby's still not moving down. So I remember the conversation at one point where my midwife is like, listen, I'm thinking about transferring with a second stage this long. Like, I'm really worried about the idea of, like, a shoulder dystocia that I won't be able to resolve resolve, and, like, hemorrhage and, like, all these things. Like, all these scary things. I didn't feel like I was ready to transfer, but I can see from my midwife's point of view where she was ready to transfer. So we transferred to the hospital. And I remember, I don't know if it was the adrenaline from having to transfer to the hospital, but I remember getting in the car and my urge to push, and I didn't put on underwear, I just put on pajama pants, and my urge to push got so strong. I was on my hands and knees in the car, uh. and every contraction would come, and it would just be like, finally, ah, <laughs> it's happening. So we get to the hospital. They refuse to bring me into labor and delivery. They need to bring me through the OR. So I'm getting pushed through the OR. It's like this dramatic train of people. God. And, and they wouldn't let me back with you. I know. And so, like, and so I remember them, like, trying to cover me. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. And, like, all these people watching as it happened. And they, like, check me. And they're like, oh, she's 10 centimeters. And the baby's right there. We need to get her up to OB. And we're like, uh. That's what we told you, for God's sakes. And so we get up there. I had this, like, really fat smoker nurse. Like, she disgusted me. Uh. Which I probably shouldn't say this on this <laughs> podcast, but it was my birth, so I'm going to say it. You say she it. was, like, the unhealthiest person in the history of so humanity. So what you're saying is a, 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 a ridiculously, disgustingly unhealthy person walked in, reeking of cigarette smoke, trying to tell you. And she had zero empathy How to for have me. a baby. She had zero empathy for what was going on. Um, and she was just like, you got to get on your back. We got to monitor this baby. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, go quit smoking, you jerk. And I just remember hating her with every fiber of my being because I could not lay on my back. I didn't lay on my back the entire time. But they kept trying to force me to be on my back. And so then didn't you end up coming into the birth room? Um, I think no. I was in. Because I, I had said I, if someone could come back, I want it to be you. I think I, I do remember walking. I God, I feel like I walked in, but only for a minute because yeah. Brian had to go do something. Okay. He was either going to go like tell everybody what was going on or explain what was happening. Gotcha. And then I think. Because I was a transfer. I was able to walk because in I was a transfer, they weren't letting anybody no, in. No, no, no. Brian was allowed in. Brian was allowed in. But then at some point, they like, someone did something so that my midwife ended up coming in. Yeah, I was not. And I remember her telling born. me to like just flip over and be monitored on my hands and knees because laying on my back at that point was not something that was happening. It was like no. hell. So then the doctor comes in and she starts doing this thing. And I've done births with her before. She did a very aggressive perineal massage so the baby's head by this point i don't know if his adrenaline or things just started happening was actually starting to like come down oh because of the massage i wonder if she was doing the thing where she was holding your sacrum i think that the baby's head was already starting to come down the car but she might have been doing that yeah and i will say because i've always watched her at every birth she always does that really aggressive never mind she she wasn't doing the pushing down she does this really aggressive where she takes two fingers and she puts them down and she like pulls down on the perineum and she takes her two fingers back and forth and i've watched her do it at every birth i've ever been on with her 
And then she does this thing where she takes Johnson's and Johnson's baby soap oh and she lubes God. up the baby's head with Johnson's and Johnson's oh baby soap. Oh, my God. So she was doing this. No. And, and it was literally the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Like, I was freaking out. At, and no one, and, and I already had in my head that I couldn't get the baby out. And she kept saying, like, I really think, you, like, the baby's right there. You can get the baby out. You can get the baby out. But I was, like, I was in so much pain and yes. she wouldn't stop doing it. And most yes. of the people she does that perineal massage on have epidurals. Oh. And so, eventually I was, like, I can't do this anymore, which is one of the biggest regrets of my life. And she's, like, you can push the baby out. And I was, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I, can't, I wanted to just, like, well, punch her in the face. Well, you had been pushing for six hours. Yeah. And so... I, w- I asked for a vacuum extraction, which is, again, still one of No, the- she gave you an option. She did. But it was I like asked that or a C-section or something. No, she told me I could push the baby out. And then I was like, I need a vacuum extraction because I was just like, I was in so much panic from the perennial massage she was yeah. doing. Like, And she's like, I really think you can do it. And I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I'm, I'm not, doing doing it. It. not doing Tapping it. Out. Do it. I'm done. I'm done. Done. <laughs> done. And then she's like, well, I can't do a vacuum extraction without an episiotomy. I'm like, do it. Cut me. Cut me. I don't care. Which is not true. I've seen lots of doctors do a vacuum extraction. They don't do an episiotomy. The ones I've seen have not they don't, done. But, so, but they used to do episiotomies for everything. Yep. So she gave me an episiotomy, vacuum extraction that baby right out of me. Yep. Um, I ended up getting almost a fourth gr- degree tear mm. because she did an episiotomy that then tore into my mucosa. And then all that Johnson & Johnson just went right in there. Right on in there. Ugh, right on in there. Um... So the baby was great. I nursed Lila forever and ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, it was it was a very traumatic experience you for me. You still can't smell Johnson and Johnson's baby soap without being like. Ooh. Well, it was also part of all of my earliest birth experiences because my sister had all her babies with her. She did it for them. I did some of my other earliest clients' births were with her. Yeah. So it's like it's just it triggers me to think of birth. Uh, um, that smell does. So. Yeah, I was very traumatized by that, even though I I really had a good, I mean, I had a natural delivery. You're being hard on yourself the way that I do it to myself when I'm talking about throwing fits. Like, you had labored all night long, all morning, pushed for six hours. You were were almost complete for 12 hours, and you're disappointed that you got a vacuum mix? No, that was amazing. Well, I could have done it. Could you? And also, I'm disappointed because my recovery from that chair into me, my mucosa was like literal yeah horrible hell yeah like i just it was so painful and i couldn't like move or anything for I so long i couldn't have sex for almost a year yeah like oh. the scar tissue like the penis wouldn't even fit inside she must have really uh stitched her stitched up gave it the wedding stitch <laughs> she, uh, it was awful it's just crazy because you you worked so hard that I mm-hmm. cried and could not have done anything else. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Well, I could have not given up at the end when she said I could do it. I mean, I feel like most people would have given up hours before then. Maybe. Hours before then. I watch women do similar things to me now and I'm just like in awe. I'm just like, how, how? are you doing I it? know, because you did the same thing and mm-hmm. you were at your limit. Like you literally couldn't push any more. I mean, I probably could have, but... She had not been doing that thing. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have pushed the baby out. She could have said, "How about I stop?" That perineal massage rip. still makes me want to kill her to this day. 
was horrible. It's Maybe really that's bad. what Karen was doing to me, but I was dying. I was the same way. Like I was literally blacking out. Yeah. It's so, so that's bad. why when women, when I start to do something, if they scream at me, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Done. But I really you don't want to do be that. the cause of trauma. No. But you don't do what I'm talking about. No, 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 you'll no, no, push no. in, like that's you'll go in and push causes... down towards their rectum to make more space. Yes, You're not I'm... pulling on the perineal no. skin. No, because that causes inflammation mm-hmm. and then it increases tearing. So I'm not really sure what I one of my preceptors used to do that one of my first ones and yeah it was so and the women would be screaming at they're her just and, hel- she'd and I th- I guess they're they're the reason for doing it is that I can see that that would help the skin stretch faster so second stage lasts lo- less long yeah um also known as shorter shorter <laughs> less long I don't know I'm in my birth fields my and brain's it, not working and sometimes and I have like I have had babies similar to what you're saying where I go from left to middle to right and I'm like literally like all mm-hmm. my might pulling and pulling but there's so maybe they're just like doing that but instead of mo- like moving their hand they're just what sw- you know what I mean maybe. it's horrible whatever it is it's fucking it's not fun. the worst but you did it I did and it she came out and she you nursed out. her for like 15 Rest years better forever um so yeah those are so we thought we were going to be able to tell all of our birth stories in this episode. Just kidding. Not going to happen. I think this is actually a really long episode already. Well, we'll do our last yeah. one, two. Oh, good. We'll do three birth stories. We'll do three birth stories next, next week. week. Um, and if you guys have questions, like ask questions mm-hmm. this week and we can add them into our yeah. birth stories. I do think I learned a lot from my birth because I learned a lot about the... Um, and I remember Dr. D saying that to me, like as a doula... When I help clients that are planning on an out-of-hospital birth that they go on to transfer, like, I learned a lot about the psychology of that and how it feels. Yes. Um, and that's what Not I'm that s- I feel the same as every other... La- no, but I think that's what I'm saying. Like, that... That's what came out of you having babies of your own. Is yes. Now, like, you're saying the same things, but it's... But you, it's so true when it, you know what I yeah. mean, because you feel it. You You're feel like, it I at the same know time. how you feel and I'm here to help you. You yeah. know what I mean? And I got through, it's like, and you do know, I, I think having kids of your own, the biggest takeaway I can have from that is like when you're going through those hard things, because we might not know exactly how they feel in that moment because everybody's different. Right. Like we can say, we think we know exactly how they feel and how hard it is. But the biggest takeaway I have is that I know when I'm going through those hard things that it will pass and will happen sooner rather than later. Right. And so it's like you will get through this no matter how hard it is yeah, in this moment. Yeah, and we moment. can say that with like total yes. absolute absolute confidence. Confidence, yes. So it's time to end out this episode. I'm Probably proud of you for telling that minutes whole ago. story. Yeah, look, I didn't cry. You didn't tear. cry. Yeah. I ate some chili along the way. It was really good. Had some wine. Thank you. I made that. Um, yeah, we'll do. So we'll do the next birth stories next week. So, so all we have to we say. What do we make through? Four out of seven kids? That's not bad. Yeah. And our next two stories are short because they yeah, were Yeah, should be births. easy. We so got this. Um, all we need to say is that moms out there who are going through births of all kinds, like you're badasses. And it's you never. You are a badass. It's never easy, no matter yeah. how easy of a birth it is. And. And we get it, and we are here for you, and we yes. applaud you. And when you get to that moment, like I did, where I'm like, I was so difficult, or when Jess is like, I could have done it. You know what? We are all doing our best, and stop we'll being all hard guilt on ourselves. ourselves, no matter what. Exactly. We just need to build ourselves up because we're all yep. kick-ass, awesome. We human are beings. all amazing. 
And the only other thing we have to say is cheers. cheers.